All right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. We're going to hop right into this. This is the Ultimate Fighter Season 1, Episode 7, uh, Team Couture versus Team Liddell. So a recap of the last episode, Josh beat Chris Levin in a typical wrestler uh, versus striker match uh, with Josh dominating him with takedowns and even landing some good strikes as well. Dana and the coaches decided to have Levin and Josh fight to eliminate one of them from the house after a dispute between Josh and Levin resulted in Levin breaking glass out of the front door and breaking down the door and looking for Josh to fight after Josh pranked Levin by pouring water on him from a garden hose while he was sleeping. The situation started after a night of drinking and Bobby getting into a heated personal argument with Levin that led to Chris uh, sleeping outside to avoid conflict in the house. Uh, Josh and Bobby pranked Lieben by spraying him with a garden hose, which is how the situation escalated. Um, you know, Chris Lieben ended up knocking down a door. He ended up punching the glass out of a window, looking to fight Bobby Southworth. After Bobby Southworth said some, you know, pretty foul things to him, he called him a fatherless bastard. Um, you know, apparently Chris Lieben didn't have his father in his life, so that really hurt his feelings. That's why Chris Lieben stayed outside. After they had this argument outside, he didn't want to go back into the house, so he decided to bring a sleeping bag outside and sleep outside. And Josh Koscheck and, and Bobby Southworth being drunk, they decided to pour water on him with the water hose outside uh, while he was sleeping and on his sleeping bag. And then the, the situation escalated from there to windows being smashed out of the house, the door being smashed out. And um, this just kind of escalated. So they, the, the managers of the UFC, you know, Dana White, the owners of the UFC, the Fertitta brothers, uh, you know, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, they all reviewed the tapes. And they decided the only way for this dispute to be ended was for Josh Koscheck and Chris Levin to fight. And the loser would go home <clears throat> because it created a lot of tension in the household. They didn't want, you know, another fight to happen. So, uh, you know, Chris Lieben ended up losing the match. Uh, Josh Koscheck took him down multiple times, grounded and pounded him. The referee even tried to help out Chris Lieben, in my opinion, by standing up the fight multiple times, even though Josh was landing strikes. And Josh still continued to take him down. So he eliminated him, you know, after beating him for two rounds straight. It was a pretty decent fight, I guess, but I mean, ultimately, Josh dominated him with the takedowns. So now Team Couture has lost three fights in a row and uh, one by Team Challenge Elimination. So they've literally lost four fighters in a row now. Uh, the fighters recapped the last fight with everybody telling the fight in their own words. Uh, Nathan, of course, supporting Lieben, saying Josh didn't land any powerful shots, which is absolutely not true. Uh, Randy says Lieben was loading up too heavy and wasn't focused on stopping Josh's takedowns. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that's true. He stopped a lot of uh, Lieben's takedowns. I mean, but obviously Randy's his coach and he knows a lot more than me. So maybe there's a couple more takedowns he could have stopped. But I think he did the best of his ability. Um, he also followed up with a lot of knees and punches after Josh took him down. So I'm not really sure if this is true. Uh, Randy says Lieben was loading up too heavy. wasn't focused on stopping Josh's takedowns. The fighters on Team Couture, of course, have their bias. Um, Alex says Lieben landed more bombs from the bottom than Josh did, which is definitely not true. I mean, how, how could you even say that? I mean, Lieben was on his back the entire fight pretty much. So how is he going to land powerful shots from the bottom? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, Mike Swick says this is the ultimate fighter, not the ultimate wrestler. So obviously, you know, Team Couture, they're going to have their bias. They just lost their most popular fighter on the show. They lost their favorite fighter. So, of course, they're going to say things to back their teammate. Uh, Stefan says he should have had uh, points taken away for stalling, which is even more ridiculous. I mean, he was definitely was not stalling. He took him down. He landed punches. They're just bitter that they lost their favorite fighter. They all, they all sound like total buffoons. Uh, Bobby Southworth sends his shots at Lieben, saying he got what was coming to him, saying it was karma, and called Lieben's performance karma. Uh, there's still a lot of great fighters on Team Couture who haven't fought yet. So, although Team Couture has lost three fights in a row and won by Team Challenge Elimination, 
I have a feeling they will even the scores out pretty soon. Plus, I'm sure they might get another fighter added to their team to be able to make the fights. Um, Josh and Bobby are relieved that Levin is out of the house, and Josh feels a lot of weight lifted off his shoulders. Bobby teases Levin for crying after losing. There was definitely some bad blood in that house between the three of them. Nathan is waiting to see the results of his MRI after injuring his ankle. Team Couture will get another fight from Team Liddell. He'll get another fighter from Team Liddell at middleweight. I guarantee it. Um, you know, that's just how it works out. You know, when a fighter gets eliminated, they bring another fighter to another team. That's what happened with Alex. He got traded to another team, uh, you know, just to even out the team. So, so there's really no point in them winning the team challenges or and even winning the fights, which is unfortunate for the team. As a team as a whole, there's really no point because when they, when they win too many competitions, uh, the teammates from the other team get traded to the team. So there's no real benefit. There should be some type of prize reward for the team winning the, the competition or something like that. I feel like they could do a better job as, as the show develops. I mean, this is the first season, so I'll cut them some slack. But it doesn't really benefit the team to win the fights or the team challenges. Forrest takes shots at Sam, saying he doesn't care for him. Uh, Bobby teases him, too, saying he's going to uh, Harvard Law, but he doesn't know what to, how to turn on a grill. So Sam is kind of like the outlier on the show. He's starting to appear to be kind of the oddball on the show. People don't really like Sam too much. Um, for whatever reason, I guess he's just a little bit different. He's a college kid. He's, he seems to be kind of like very nerdy, and uh, he, he doesn't really seem like a fighter. You know, fighters kind of seem like, you know, more of like a, a jock, I guess, more of that jock personality, that tough guy personality. Where Sam is just kind of, he seems kind of nerdy, I guess. And I guess that's not even really a fair, you know, that's not even a fair description of the UFC fighters. Because there's a lot of fighters in the UFC that have college degrees and things like that. A lot of them are family men. But it's hard to explain. If you watch the show, you'll see Sam is a little bit different than the rest of the fighters. He's a little bit, uh, he's just a little bit different. I don't know how to explain it. He just seems kind of more nerdy than the other ones. That's the best way I could put it. More nerdy, I guess. Bobby had to show him how to turn on a propane grill three times and he still doesn't. Uh, know how to do it. So, I mean, that's that's kind of more just the bully mentality, too. I mean, you know, when they're away from home, there's everybody in the house together. There's always going to be that one guy they're going to try to pick on and things like that. So um, it's not really a big deal. He didn't know how to turn on a propane grill. They had to show him two or three times. I mean, big deal. But, you know, they're bored on the, sh on the show and they just want to pick on somebody. So they're picking on Sam a little bit here. Uh, Kenny says nobody on Team Liddell likes him. So nobody really likes Sam. Uh, Forrest says they all get around and talk about how smelly he is. So, yeah, this is just, you know, high school gossip type stuff they're just a bunch of guys bored in the house he also is overweight to fight uh, sam says they have treated him like an outsider this whole time on the show sam says he's been good to them and kind to them and honest with them bobby definitely has a bully mentality as well uh, when we saw him call leaving a fatherless bastard and poured water on him with the water hose so you know bobby southwards has always kind of had an attitude on the show he got an attitude with dana white he got an attitude with chuck liddell when he was cutting weight He's kind of had an attitude throughout this whole show, and he's, he's a little bit of a bully, too. You know, he called, you know, Chris Lieben a fatherless bastard. He's kind of like the alpha male bully on Team Liddell. That's how I would describe him. Uh, Josh is kind of like his partner in crime, so Josh is kind of like his best friend. They kind of team up on guys and make fun of him and things like that. Like, they teamed up on Chris Lieben, and they poured water on him with the water hose. So they're kind of like partners in crime on the show, too, on Team Liddell. Uh, the fact that Force doesn't like him either says something because Force doesn't seem like a bully and seems pretty easy to get along with from the show's pers perspective so far. But then again, I mean, there can be a situation where you just you back your teammates and you kind of go with the popular opinion. So who knows? You know, I, I kind of played up Force Griffin to be this, you know, this this great guy, this nice guy that doesn't have problems with people. But the truth is, everybody has an asshole side. So who knows? Uh, Josh says he does. He does not want to be on that team. And I can understand why. 
uh, so Josh is worried about being traded to the other team because they're going to trade probably one of the middleweight fighters to team, uh, team Couture to even out the fight. And, uh, you know, Josh is saying, I don't want to be traded to that team. Of course not, because he created so much conflict with Team Couture. If he got traded to the other team, they would probably treat him pretty badly. And there's a lot of tension. And they, he just kicked off, you know, the best fighter of their show by beating Chris Levin. So if he gets traded to Team Couture, that would be pretty ugly. Um, you know, I can understand why. Uh, there's still some bad blood between both teams, even though Chris Levin is gone. Uh, team Couture wouldn't take kindly to Josh after all the drama he caused with their star fighter leaving. And especially... After beating Levin, uh, Team Liddell has four middleweights, while Team Couture has one middleweight. So Chuck has to decide who is going to send over the who's going to send over to Team Couture. Uh, this will be much harder for this teammate to switch teams than it was for Alex because this is a month of training and living together later. So Alex got traded to Team. He got traded to I believe was a Team Couture. He got traded to Team Couture like very early on in in, in the in the fight game. Uh, like their first week on the show. So now they've been on the show together a month. Now there's actually like a legitimate bond between the teammates. They train every day together for eight hours. They've been on the show for a month living in the same house. And so now there's a, there's a legitimate bond between all the teammates now. And uh, if he gets traded, it's, it's, it's when a fighter gets traded now a month into the show, it's going to be a lot more devastating, you know, emotionally for them. You know, the fighters have developed a bond, a camaraderie. Uh, the other team will likely not accept him as part of the Wolf Pack for a while. It may feel closer to other, the other team in the house. However, this may benefit the fighters switching teams because they will get to train with two different kinds of coaches and two different sparring partners, allowing them to see styles of fighting. So when you train with two different teams, you get two different styles of fighting. Uh, it, could, it could be a benefit in the long run. But, I mean, at the same time, to, to really develop MMA skills, you're not really going to develop them that quickly in a couple months. But you can still, you know, sharpen up your skills a little bit. And it could be the difference between winning a fight and losing a fight. So at the end of the day, they're, they're in good hands no matter what. I mean, Chuck Liddell's a very legitimate, you know, MMA fighter. Randy Couture's a very legitimate MMA fighter. So whatever team they go to, they're going to be in good hands. I actually like the fact that fighters switch teams because it makes the show more interesting. So, yeah, it, it kind of mixes it up a little bit, you know. So I'm happy they trade teams. It creates more drama. Uh, Chuck is torn and doesn't want to send anyone over but decides to send over Josh, Josh Rafferty a character we have seen very little of on the show. So there's still a couple fighters on the show we haven't really seen develop, and uh, we haven't seen a lot of camera time from some fighters. And, you know, they've been on the show for a month, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, Chuck is obviously not going to send over his best middleweight, so I'm not sure how big of a, a contribution he will be to Team Couture, but we shall see. So, you know, he's not going to send over his best fighter. You know what I mean? He's going to pick the, the worst fighter to send over. So Josh Rafferty might not be a big contribution to Team Couture. Team Liddell says there are goodbyes, and Randy welcomes them to their team. They all still live in the same house and see each other every day, so it's not the end of the world. So they all live in the same house. They're going to see each other after practice, so it's, it's really not a big deal. But it's just going to be kind of awkward, I guess. But at the end of the day, they're all in a competition with each other. They're all going to get eliminated. There's only going to be, like, you know, two or three fighters left at the end of the competition anyway. So, you know, too bad, so sad. You know, Josh, of course, is bummed out about switching teams. Josh also doesn't like the fact that his team is being punished for winning, and he doesn't like the fact that he will have to fight one of his former teammates. But that is life, and many times in the uh, UFC, old teammates end up fighting each other, so that's kind of part of the game. Uh, you end up fighting guys that you've trained with for a long time, sometimes years, sometimes somebody you might look at as a brother. That's just kind of the name of the game. So th that's another good thing. It prepares them for the real world. If they really do become a professional fighter, that's kind of the name of the game. But I, I do agree with what he said earlier. He said that, you know, 
He doesn't like the fact that his team is being punished for winning it. And that's what I was explaining earlier. There's no real benefit to winning these challenges if you're just going to end up trading your, your best teammates or your worst teammates to the other team. It, it doesn't really, you know, benefit anybody. So there needs to be like a prize for winning these competitions, in my opinion. You know, you know that is life. Sometimes things happen that you can't control and everything happens for a reason. And a lot of times these obstacles will work out for your benefit in the end. Uh, of course, Nathan doesn't think Josh can win over the trust of the team Couture. He knows his trust is with his uh, his own team, uh, Team Liddell. And uh, Team Liddell says they are so good they will end up fighting each other. And they're probably right. You know, that's the other thing, too. Their, their own teammates are going to end up fighting each other for winning the competition. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a bad glitch on the show. You know, hopefully they'll, they'll figure out something better. I mean, at the end of the day, MMA is a singular sport. Like, you, yeah, your coaches help you. It's a, it's a team effort to get your fighter to the ring and things like that to, you know, have them fight. But at the end of the day, it's it's a one-on-one -on -one sport. So the team aspect doesn't always work out, you know, very well. Sam thinks they're getting too comfortable. Couture, of course, is frustrated with his team losing. Uh, to be fair, they have only been training together for about a month. It takes years to develop solid MMA skills. The coaches can only help so much with so little preparation. To put it into perspective, most MMA fighters have two to three months to train for a fight, and these guys have a week's notice to fight, actually, uh, sometimes less than that. However, Randy is a super competitive guy, and he doesn't take kindly to his team losing four events in a row, so this will bring out the competitive edge in Randy. Uh, Randy is focusing more on striking after leaving lost to Josh. He says his team is more skilled on the ground, so he's working on striking with them so they can close the gap, get closer to their opponents, and take them down. Uh, Randy says they are coming together as a team. Within the first few hours, Nathan says Josh has made no attempt to assimilate to his new team. I can't blame him, but he better suck it up because it doesn't. if he doesn't train hard, it will affect his performance in the cage. I think this is a great opportunity to train with two different teams and different coaches and will give him a different feel in the fight. Uh, this might be for the cameras because he's literally laying on the ground outside of the octagon while his new teammates are training hard inside the octagon. It looks very staged. I mean, could you imagine, you know, just disrespecting, uh, you know, Randy Couture like that, like just, you know, just laying on the floor after being traded to another team like, nah, screw you guys. I'm not training. I, I think this was just kind of a scene they cut out for the cameras. But who knows? You know what I mean? Maybe he really is bummed out. But I don't think Randy Couture would take kindly to him just not training. Uh, Josh understands it will be a slow adjustment, and Stefan teases him, saying the last few hours his attitude hasn't been up to part. Uh, Josh uh, doesn't hang out with his team. He waits for his old team to come home. It's hard to say if this is staged or not. It could be very well for, you know, for real. Um, both times have uh, have had feuds and an intense rivalry. Yeah, so both teams have had hard times, and they've had an, an intense rivalry. So maybe it's true. You know what I mean? I don't know. Bobby says the household is more peaceful now that Chris Levin is gone. Uh, this, is, this is what I believe as well. I've never been in – excuse me, what did I write? This is – this I believe – this I believe. Okay, so I'm saying I believe this. I've never been in this situation. At, you know, at work, we're removing – no, this I believe. I've, I've, I've been in this situation before. That's what I'm saying. I apologize. My handwriting's a little off. So this is what I believe. I've been in this situation before. At work, uh, you know – when they remove one person completely, it can change the, the level of aggression and hostility at work. So sometimes at work, I've been in situations where a coworker gets fired that was, you know, picking fights with people and bringing more hostility to the work environment. And sometimes just removing that one person can really make the flow of things go a lot better at work. When people talk trash constantly, it brings out aggression in other people and can create hostility. So, you know, Chris Lieben was a big trash talker, so he was contributing a lot of hostility to this fight. I wonder how Chris would have... Um, 
would have behaved on the show without alcohol. That would be interesting. But even after they removed alcohol from the house, it was too late. You know, the damage was done and there was too much. Uh, you know, there's too much tension between Lieben and Bobby and Josh Koscheck for Lieben to stay on the show, even with alcohol being removed. Uh, both teams are up for another team challenge. Uh, this challenge is for light heavyweight. Uh, the challenge is basically like capture the flag, although each team must capture six flags and they have to be matching the team's colors. Randy's team, Green and Chuck's, and Chuck's team uh, has blue flags, so Randy's team has green flags. Chuck's team has blue flags. The first team to collect all six teams uh, wins the challenge. The team that wins the challenge uh, decides to gets to decide uh, who which fighters uh, will fight at light heavyweight. Uh, so the light heavyweight fighters are strapped into the giant metal UFC emblem and they basically are pulling an emblem into two different directions towards their flags. It's a ridiculous game of tug of war. So it's it's hard to explain. They're they're basically in this this octangular shaped metal kind of like UFC shaped uh, metal object. They're all strapped into it, and they have to play a big game of, of tug of war with the, with the metal object. It looks really dangerous. It looks like somebody could get hurt. It looks hilarious, and it looks kind of dangerous too. I can't believe they risked this. You know, I can't believe they risked these big heavyweight fighters getting injured for something so ridiculous. But it is fun to watch, you know what I mean? Uh, the green team wins the challenge finally. And I have to sound like such a, I hate to sound like such a conspiracy theorist, but this sounds like, it, you know, seems to me like all of a sudden, you know, the green team is winning. It, it just seems kind of uh, suspicious to me. Like, you know, out of nowhere, you know, the green team finally wins the challenge. It, everything just seems a little bit staged on this show. But, you know, who knows? You know, maybe they actually did win the team's challenge. No, it seems like too much of a coincidence to me because uh, Chuck Liddell's team was ragging and Alex said that his team was getting too comfortable. Uh, Chuck Liddell seems to, uh, se doesn't seem to care. He says it doesn't matter. Uh, they're still going to win the fight. Uh, you know, just because you win the team challenge doesn't mean you win the fight. So Chuck Liddell's like, all right, whatever. We're still going to win the fight. Uh, their team is definitely getting a little too comfortable. Uh, you know, the, mo the momentum can definitely change, especially because people are getting traded. You know, they're very comfortable right now. They're a little bit arrogant. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All the teammates blame Sam, which is absolutely hilarious. So everybody blames Sam for losing this competition. Like, nobody likes Sam on this show. Uh, I wonder if he'll be next to go. Uh, Diego says he gave 50%, and Kenny says he wasn't really trying. So everybody's blaming Sam for this situation. Sam is not a popular guy on this show. Diego thinks he had something worked out with Team Couture. <laughs> so now they're, 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 they're having their own little conspiracy theories here. Uh, it's just pretty funny. I think a lot of the stuff in the show is scripted. Uh, these guys are setting, uh, are getting free acting lessons as well being on the show because these guys are pretty funny. They're, these guys are all characters. Uh, Stefan says they are just blaming each other because they lost. Uh, the camera zooms in on Randy and Alex talking to each other as if they had some type of deal worked out, which is hilarious. So, so the cameras play it up too. This is pretty funny. They're trying to make it seem like, you know, Sam threw this competition for a team couture and they're really playing him up to be the bad guy here. So it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Mike says that Sam is the weakest link on the team as far as light heavyweights go. Uh, Mike expresses to Randy and his team and his teammates that Team Liddell does not like Sam, their own teammate, for whatever reason. Uh, they also debate on Stefan fighting Bobby. So now, so now that uh, you know Team Couture has won the challenge, they're basically just discussing who's going to fight next. Um, you know, so they're thinking about possible possible matchups here. Uh, you know, they're, they're debating on Stefan fighting Bobby. Uh, Stefan has wanted to... Stefan has wanted to fight Bobby since the beginning of the show. Stefan debates on fighting Bobby. Says it would be hard for him to step uh, stop him in two rounds. This is not a good sign to me. You shouldn't question your own fighting abilities. Like, for me, what I, what I look for on these shows from these fighters, I, I look for people that have, 
you know, extreme confidence. You know, it's, it's not good to be arrogant or cocky, but I want to see people with supreme confidence. I mean, you should really believe that you can be a UFC champion. You should be able to say, I can stop anybody on the show in two rounds if you really think you could be a UFC champion. That's, that's just my opinion, but I think Stefan Bonner's just thinking logically here. And a lot of champions do win fights by decision, so it's not like every champion just wins every fight by knockout. Uh, Stefan says if he fights Sam, he believes he can't stop him in two rounds. Now I understand the context of what he's saying better. Uh, Stefan very bluntly says, if you stop a guy, you get money. <laughs> wow, he discusses this with his team in front of Dana, which is hilarious. So he's basically saying, like, look, man, I want that $5,000. Uh, Dana says he thought Liddell's team was going to drag Couture's team all over the place in the team challenge because Liddell's team's heavyweights are bigger. Uh, just more thinking that makes me think this this event was staged to make a, a more competitive show for the viewers of Team Liddell versus Team Couture. So, I mean, the, another reason why I would think it would be staged is this is such a dangerous challenge. I mean, these guys are strapped into a gigantic aluminum-shaped, uh, octagon-shaped, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, just an object, I guess. And they're playing this big game of tug-of-war to, to, to capture the flags. And it's hard to explain. So they're all strapped into this big octagon-shaped uh, metal emblem. And they basically have to try to collect all these team flags that are different colors. And the first one to collect all the flags wins the challenge. But the, the challenge is, is there's four teammates from Team Liddell and four teammates from, from Team Couture, you know, strapped into this metal octagon-shaped thing. So they're basically playing this big game of tug-of-war. I mean, I, I wish you guys could see it. It's, it's really funny to, to watch. But, um, you know, my, my thought is the reason why they, they would throw this event, you know, also is because they don't want people getting injured. I mean, if you really, you know, use physical force to tug somebody with this gigantic metal octagon thing that you're strapped into, somebody could fall. And you, I imagine somebody could get, you know, seriously hurt from this thing. You know, however, the competition of Liddell versus Couture will even itself out anyways, because if there is an uneven number of fighters at each weight class, the fighters will have to transfer to uh, the other team. So the team challenges are irrelevant in the long run. Like you, you could lose every single team challenge and still win all the fights in the octagon. You could lose every team challenge and your team could still win every fight in the octagon. So like I said, there's no real benefits to winning these team challenges. I mean, yeah, you get to pick the fights. And I guess that helps if, if there's a weak link on the team or if somebody's injured. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, everybody's going to fight regardless. So I'm not really sure how it really helps anybody. There should be some type of prize, maybe like a little prize or something like that to make it more exciting, I guess. Forrest Griffin says he would like to fight anybody on their team right now. See, that that's the attitude I like. Forrest Griffin isn't saying like, well, I don't know if I could beat Bobby Southworth in two rounds. You know, Forrest Griffin says, you know, screw it, man. I'll fight anybody. I'm good. I'm, I'm the best fighter here. I love that attitude, that, that I don't give a shit attitude. Like, I'll fight anybody. That's what I like to see from a fighter. Uh, Forrest says Alex is the weakest link. Then Swick. Then Stefan. Uh, Bobby says he thinks Team Couture will not pick Sam because Sam is buddy-buddy with everyone on their team and sucks up to Team Couture. So they have all these conspiracy theories about Sam. You know, they really pick on Sam on the show, which is pretty funny. Uh, this may be a big reason why Team Liddell has not accepted Sam. In, in a Wolfpack environment like this one, you need to show loyalty to your teammates, especially if you are in competition. So Sam has been really friendly to Team, uh, to team Couture. And, um, you know, that, that's that he's kind of like the weak link of Team Liddell. He's even though they've won all these team challenges, he, he's the, the guy that, that everybody hates. And, you know, in that Wolfpack mentality, you know, you got to stay loyal to your team. So, you know, I, I kind of like that. Well, I don't like that. I, I don't like that he's not being loyal to his team. And that's why they don't accept him. But contrary to what Bobby said, I believe they will choose Alex because he's the weakest link. So, you know, I think they're going to end up choosing Alex because nobody likes him. That's an easy win for Team Couture and an easy $5,000 for Bonner if Alex is really as bad as everyone makes him out to be. So that, that's another thing about a Wolfpack, too. If you're a really great fighter, you know, it doesn't matter if you're weird. People are not going to mess with you. 
So my thoughts is, you know, Sam's probably not as skilled as everybody else. Because if he was really skilled like that, he probably wouldn't be getting picked on like that. But who knows? You know what I mean? You know, sometimes you have to defend yourself verbally as well. But if you were really a great fighter on the show, I would find that very hard to, to believe that you'd be getting picked on like that. I mean, it's not like somebody's actually bullying him. It's not like somebody actually, like, you know, put their hands on him physically or something like that. But they are kind of, you know, treating him badly and talking behind his back. So I don't know. Contrary to what I believe, Stefan is going to fight Bobby. Uh, this makes me think that Team Couture winning the team challenge wasn't staged now because this is a more difficult fight. Um, so I, I'm kind of being a big conspiracy theorist here. I'm, I'm just very suspicious of the show. Oh, this this team challenge is, this is um, you know, this team challenge was thrown. You know, this is rigged. This is staged. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of being the conspiracy theorist here because I want to just give my listeners the most authenticity from this podcast. I don't want you to make it seem like I believe everything that I see on TV on the show. You know, I'm sure certain things are scripted. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean everything isn't scripted. And it's still a great show regardless, but I'm still going to try to give my listeners the most authenticity as possible. Uh, Stefan says he chooses Bobby because he's the most talented fighter on their team. So that's that makes me respect him more. You know, he's saying I'm coming after the top dog. I like that. I like that mentality, too. See, I, I look for the aggressive guys, the guys who, uh, you know, aren't scared to fight anybody, the guys who have confidence. That's that's what I like to see. Um, this gives me a lot of respect for Bonner. Uh, for me personally, I would choose the weakest link. I would choose Alex and, and milk every second of TV time I could on the show. So th that's the thing about, you know, from my perspective, I'd be like, yo, these guys are getting free TV time on the show. Um, you know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime to get on national television. And uh, I would milk every situation because you never know who's going to get injured. You never know if you're going to lose a fight. But then again, that's not a winner's mentality anyway. So I respect, you know, Bonner for this mentality. Uh, this says a lot about Stefan's character and confidence as a fighter. Uh, Stefan says he did this for his teammates, Chris and Randy, who would like to see Bobby out of there. You know, there's a lot of bad blood because, you know, Bobby, uh, you know, he's kind of like the bully. And he got Chris leaving into trouble. And he also beat Loden. And, you know, you know, Stefan was very close to Loden. He was literally crying when Loden got kicked off the team or eliminated for losing to Bobby. So there's a lot of bad blood here. Now, this makes me respect Bonner even more. He's showing loyalty to his teammates. So that's another thing I look forward to. You have to be the, you know, in the part of your pack. You know what I mean? You got to show some loyalty. That, that doesn't mean that you do everything stupid that your team does. But at the same time, I like to see a team player. I, li I like to see the, you know, the sportsmanship, the camaraderie with your teammates and things like that. Uh, Bobby is coming across as the alpha male bully on Team Liddell. He had a bad attitude to Liddell and Dana on the show. He picked a fight with Levin twice. Uh, didn't feel grateful about not getting kicked off the team. It makes fun of his teammate Alex a lot. Uh, Bobby says he knows this fight is, is to avenge the drama he caused with their teammates in Levin. Uh, Force throws his shade at Bonner and says, let me shake your hand before you get submitted. So, you know, Force thinks that uh, he thinks that Bobby's going to submit him. And shakes his hand. You know, Stefan says the rules of war are all about surprise. That's why he called out Bobby. Uh, personally, I don't think it matters because they're all ready to fight. So nobody should be surprised if they fight. So the, he's saying like, oh, it's the art of war. You know, I'm, I'm catching Bobby by surprise. But the reality is they're all training eight hours a day, seven days a week. They all live in the same house. They're all ready to fight at all times. So there's really no element of surprise here, in my opinion. And they're all fighting each other on, what, two days' notice anyway. So there's there's really no real element of surprise that he's going to get a benefit from from picking Bobby. Uh, Dana says the same thing I said, that Stefan should go after their weakest guys first. A Liddell joke saying he hopes they don't have to lock him in the sauna this time because, you know, they had to lock Bobby in the sauna to make weight last time. Bobby says he is in much better shape this time. So he's had about a month to really, you know, get into good physical shape. I think he came into the show out of shape. That's what he said. 
and he was, you know, 25 pounds overweight from the light heavyweight division. You know, you have to weigh in at 205. He was probably around 230. So now he's had time to get back into shape. He's been on the show for a month. And uh, he's had time to really adjust. You know what I mean? You know, I also want to give Bobby a little bit of credit for cutting 20 pounds and making the weight for his first fight on the show against Loden. So, you know, I have to give him credit because he did make the weight, even though he complained the whole time and he, he came out of the sh came on the show out of shape, which is irresponsible. He still cut 20 pounds. Uh, cutting 20 pounds is not easy. And although he wouldn't have made weight if it wasn't for Josh literally dragging his body into the sauna and Chuck literally locking him in the sauna, he still made the weight and still performed well, which is not easy under these circumstances. Bobby said he is thinking about all the people who have sacrificed for him to be there, his mother, his two fathers, his children, and this is his motivation. So, you know, Bobby is putting a lot of thought into this. And a lot of these fighters are because they've sacrificed a lot of stuff to be on the show. A lot of these guys gave up their jobs. A lot of these guys, you know, don't have a place to go to if they get kicked off the show. A lot of these guys are really sacrificing a lot to be on the show. So you, I do have a lot, a lot of respect for these guys for giving up stuff, you know, f you know, to be on the show, you know, to chase their dreams. Uh, Stefan talks about how he has been arrested in the past for fighting and had to go to anger management classes. Uh, he says people have mistaken him for a wimp. Uh, to be fair, you know, Stefan does not look like a, a tough guy. He says he's knocked people's teeth out before. You know, Stefan looks kind of like a nerd. That's why I like his nickname. They call him the psycho because, you know, Stefan really looks like a total nerd. He looks like somebody that could be a doctor or something like that or, or a nurse in a hospital. He, he just seems like a very you know, very nerdy guy. He talks kind of, you know, he looks, he doesn't look like a tough guy at all. It's not like he has a bunch of tattoos. He just looks like a, a, a typical college professor or something. And, uh, he, he says some really crazy stuff that kind of throw you off. Like, did that guy really just say that? And like, you know, so he, I like his nickname, the psycho. Uh, he says he's knocked people's teeth out before. He says he's had teeth surgically removed from his knuckle. Uh, Bobby says he doesn't fight to hurt people. He fights to show people that, their sacrifices to him to pursue this career are worth are worthwhile. So I, I kind of respect that too. Um, Stefan says his whole life he loved combat sports. He did wrestling and taekwondo. Uh, once he finished college, he got into jujitsu and boxing. Uh, Stefan was training in his gym when a fight promoter was looking for fighters in his gym to be on a show for a four man tournament. Stefan won the tournament by stopping both of his opponents. Uh, Bobby is not complaining this time making weight. And seems to be in better shape, so props to him. So this time when he's weighing in, he's not complaining. He's not being dragged into the sauna. He's not 25 pounds overweight. He's making this weight pretty well, which is good. Uh, he was uh, he was the first fight on the show. Um, you know, now that he has uh, had about three to five more weeks to uh, be in better shape. Since then, um, you know, Stefan says he has nothing against Bobby, but he will try to inflict damage upon his face. You know, this is a fight game. Uh, Bobby gives props to Stefan, saying Stefan is trained by Carlson Gracie, one of the best jujitsu fighters of all time. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Stefan thinks this may be an all-out war. He says his ground game and striking game is solid. Uh, Bobby says he didn't uh, care. He didn't come here to win one fight. He came here to win it all. Uh, Stefan says that Bobby has heavy hands. He knocked him out with one punch. Um, Bobby weighs in at 205. Oh, he said that he's basically saying that Bobby can knock out people with one punch. He has heavy hands. Uh, Bobby weighs in at 205 and made weight much more easily this time. Bob, Bobby acknowledges that Bonner is a Golden Glove boxing champion as well, which is huge. So this guy has some pretty legit training. He, he's training, training with Carlson Gracie, Gracie who's a top jiu-jitsu instructor. Uh, he's also a Golden Glove boxer. He has a background in Taekwondo and wrestling. So Stefan has a really, really solid MMA background. That's a perfect guy to be on the show. Uh, Stefan weighs in at 205 as well. 
Bobby Southworth comes into the cage at 34 years old with a record of 8-3 at 6'2", 205 pounds from San Jose, California. Uh, Stefan Bonner walks into the cage at 27 with a record of 7-1 at 6'4", 206 pounds from Munster, Indiana. Uh, the fight starts off with... Okay, so now we're getting into the fight, so the fight starts. Uh, the fight starts off with Bobby throwing a leg kick and missing. Uh, they stand in front of each other for some time, and Stefan feints a few jabs. Uh, Bobby feints a right hand, and he actually... Uh, and he actual strikes have... No, and no actual strikes have been thrown so far. Stefan throws a 1-2 with both punches hitting Bobby's hands as if it were pads. Uh, Bobby throws a jab that doesn't land. Uh, Bobby and Stefan exchange punches with Bobby landing a powerful right hand. Bobby lands another powerful jab, and Stefan throws a 1-2 that misses. Uh, Bobby throws another jab that misses. Uh, Stefan throws a jab that looks like it, it just grazed him. Uh, Stefan throws another jab that slightly lands. Uh, Stefan throws a right hand, and so does Bobby, and Stefan lowers his level and goes in for a shot, but Bobby overpowers him and pushes Bonner against the fence. Uh, they both have one underhook, which is a neutral position. Uh, you want to have both underhooks to execute a takedown. Uh, Bobby throws a couple knees and hits him with a hits him with the shoulder pop. Uh, now Stefan circles and pushes Bobby against the fence and throws a leg, uh, throws a big knee. Uh, Stefan attempts another knee and Bobby now pushes Bonner back against the fence and the position rotates again and now Stefan pushes him back against the fence and throws another big knee. Uh, Stefan lowers his level and executes a double leg takedown. As Bobby gets back to his feet, Stefan secures a guillotine and pulls guard to tighten the choke. The guillotine is one of my least, least favorite submissions uh, because fighters tend to slip out of them. And as we see here, Stefan, like many other fighters do, he pulls guard when securing the guillotine. Uh, if the opponent uh, pops their head out, which happens often, the opponent now has you in a more dominant position to land uh, ground and pound punches on you. Um, and now you're, you're being on top of you and now the person's on top of you in guard. So long story short, when you, when you pull for a guard, when you, when you pull for a guillotine submission, uh, if you don't get the submission, you give up a lot of position. I mean, you're, you're right on your back. The guy's grounding and pounding you. Um, and a lot of times people pull guard when they go for a guillotine. My own, the only guillotine that I like is a standing guillotine. And, um, a lot of times, you know, they go for the guillotine when they pull guard and it just doesn't work. Uh, you also expend a lot of energy squeezing the choke. So now if you don't get the submission, you're going to be exhausted and your opponent is on top of you with an opportunity to rain down bombs. So you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about if you watch MMA fights. A lot of these guys, they get a guillotine, they pull guard, they squeeze with all their might. And then, you know, the, guy, the guy's head pops out of the guillotine and now the guy is on top of you and he's just going to land powerful punches and you're, you're just pretty much screwed. I mean, unless you're really good at jujitsu. I guess that's the whole point why you would pull guard in the first place. But, you know, everybody knows that guard is not really a dominant position in MMA when you're on the bottom. You know, even if you're good at jiu-jitsu, you don't really want to be in guard on the bottom, in my opinion. You know, other people might disagree. You know, I don't think it's a dominant position. The only guillotines I like is a standing, you know, guillotine, like I was just saying earlier, um, which has tremendous power because you are lifting your opponent off the ground and choking him with his own body weight. There is also another guillotine uh, where you, you know, you, 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 I guess I apologize. I don't know what this is, where you roll your opponent onto their back and, uh, oh, you roll your opponent onto your back and choke them from mount. Uh, this is a great guillotine because even if they slip out, you are on top of them in a great position in mount. A guillotine is basically a front headlock choke, uh, pressing your forearm against the opponent's throat and squeezing with your entire arm and bicep and securing your wrist with your other arm. 
Uh, Bonner just proved my point as he let go of the guillotine and Bobby lands body shots from the top position. Bobby corners tell him to watch the triangle as Bonner lifts his feet up from the guard. So Bonner is a, is a really high-level jiu-jitsu expert. And, um, you know, so Bobby has, to, uh, Bobby has to be careful. Excuse me, Bonner is a high-level jiu-jitsu guy. So Bobby has to be careful here because even though he's on his back, uh, Bonner can still get another submission. He changes with Carlson Gracie. That's pretty impressive. But now, now you can see what I'm talking about here. I, I was talking about how I don't like the guillotine. I mean, Bonner, you know, he pulled guard. You know, he was standing. He went for this guillotine. He pulled guard. And now he's on his back. And he squeezed with all of his might. And now he's let go of the guillotine. And now Bobby Southworth is on top of him. Bobby Southworth is a big, muscular guy. And he can do a lot of damage. But at the same time, Stefan Bonner is very skilled in jiu-jitsu. So he's very comfortable being on his back here. So it's not too big of a deal for Bobby. I mean, it's not too big of a deal for Bonner. Kind of a, still a threat for Bobby, though. Bobby's corners tell him to watch the triangle as Bonner lifts his feet up from the guard. A triangle choke is a choke where you tighten your legs around an opponent's uh, knee. Um, you, you, you put your, excuse me, you put, you tighten your legs around your opponent's neck and trap one of their arms, pinning it against the opponent's neck, using their own arm to push against the carotid artery to cut off blood flow. So you kind of like wrap your legs around your opponent's neck and their, in their arm. And you use their own shoulder to press it against their neck with your legs. You squeeze your legs together and you trap the arm and you basically squeeze the arm against the opponent's neck and um, they choke themselves with their own neck their own neck and arm essentially. Bobby lands some nice punches from the top. And Bonner tries to isolate one of his arms. Uh, Bobby throws body shots. Stefan tries to pull himself up to his feet, and he does, and Bobby lets him go. Uh, they both exchange jabs. And Bonner throws a nice right that just misses him. A Bonner lands a nice left hook. Bobby throws a few knees as Bonner drives him into the cage. Bonner throws a punch from the clinch, and Bobby tries to push Bonner against the fence, but Bonner breaks free from the clinch. Uh, Bonner throws a light jab and throws a spinning back kick that misses terribly. A Bonner throws a one-two that misses. Actually, the left hand lands, and Bonner tries to clinch with Bobby, pushing him against the fence. A Bonner lands another left hand. And Bobby throws a left hand, and Bonner lands a right hand and follows up with another right and another right hand that misses. Bobby throws a right hook that misses. They both throw their jabs that misses. Um, Bobby throws a leg kick that lands, and Stefan lands a left hand. Uh, Stefan throws a powerful right that hits his glove. Uh, the round ends, and I, I definitely have Bonner winning this fight. D uh, Bonner's kind of pushing the pace here. He's kind of in his face. Um... He's, he's, he's definitely pushing the pace of this fight here, so I have him winning that round. I feel that Bobby should have tried to keep Stefan on the ground and grounded and pounded him. Um, you know, Stefan, he kind of made a mistake by letting him up to his feet. Uh, you know, you know, B Bobby was kind of scared of the, his, his grappling skills. I mean, he's a high-level grappler. He didn't want to get submitted, but I feel like that was his best chance to win the fight was on the ground. You know, he's a muscular guy. He's really strong. He could have landed some really powerful punches on Stefan. I think Bobby let him up because he knows Stefan's jiu-jitsu background. Uh, Stefan overwhelmed him with big shots so and dominated him in the clinch. Bobby should look to take him down, but he probably won't. I think he's scared of his jiu-jitsu. I think he's going to look for the knockout, but it looks like Stefan is dominating him on the feet, so I'm not sure this is a good strategy. Uh, you know, This is the end of the first round, of course. Uh, Bobby landed some nice jabs, though, but he seems slower than Bonner and is overwhelmed by Bonner throwing punches and pushing him against the cage. His best hope is uh, a TKO or a knockout because I think he will lose this decision. Uh, Randy is very happy with Bonner in this round. He tells Bonner Bobby is looking for a left hook and a right hand. This is the same combination Chuck throws. Chuck re uh, repeats exactly what Chuck said to Bobby. 
telling him to throw the right hand followed by the left hook. Uh, Couture tells Bonner to use the jab and find that range to follow up with the right hand. So I guess Bobby should look for the knockout. I mean, he has some really powerful hooks. That's how he knocked out Loden. And I, I definitely wouldn't sleep on Bobby in this fight. He could definitely knock him out with some powerful hooks. You know, even though Bonner is pressing the action, but I think Bobby definitely hits a little bit harder and has more of that knockout style. But if it goes, you know, to decision, I think Bonner will definitely win. Uh, the second round starts, and Bobby lands a nice inside leg kick. Uh, Stefan lands a beautiful jab and misses the right hand, hitting his arm. Bobby lands a nice right hand, and they tie up. Bonner pushes him against the fence. Bobby lands a knee, and Bonner takes Bobby takes down Bobby. So this is kind of interesting. Now Bonner's the one taking down Bobby. Bonner has him in half guard. Bobby is now in full guard. Bonner lands a few small shots, and Bobby punches him from the ground. Uh, Bobby manages to get up and takes Bonner down. So now he took Bonner down. So this this is a really exciting fight. There's a lot of action. Uh, Bobby attempts a sloppy triangle. Bobby should have should have took his back and just landed punches and held his position. Uh, Bonner is now back in Bobby's closed guard. Bonner throws a few body shots and a few nice head shots. The referee stands him up. You know, I don't agree with this decision. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. There's a lot of action on the ground. It's another decision I, I disagree with where they stand up the fight, especially because Bonner just landed two nice punches. So I, I really disagree with these referees standing up the fights. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Bobby throws a jab, and Bonner throws a jab after the referee stands him up. Bobby throws another jab, and Stefan throws another one-two. Uh, Bobby throws a left hook, and Stefan throws a left hook as well. Neither land. Bonner lands a nice overhand right, and Bobby clinches and lands a nice knee. Stefan pushes Bobby against the fence. Uh, Stefan throws a knee and another knee, followed by another knee and another knee. Uh, Bobby returns a knee, and Bobby lands another overhand right before they separate. Uh, Bobby lands a nice jab, and Bonner throws a one-two that misses. Bobby lands a nice right hand, and Stefan misses a wild left hook. Uh, Bobby throws another jab that lands, and Bobby follows up with a left hook to the body while his corner screams he's hurt. Bobby lands another beautiful jab, and Bonner throws another right hand. Uh, Bonner throws a spinning back kick that lands and follows up with a jab. So that, that's the thing that's kind of cool. I'll be honest with you, I don't really like uh, you know Bonner's style too much in this fight. I mean, he's super, super aggressive. Like, he's right in his face. He's throwing all these punches, but he's missing a lot of these punches. It's, it's, it's very cringy to watch. But I also like the fact that he throws this wild spinning back kick. It just kind of throws his opponents off, and it looks like he's practiced it a lot, and it looks like it has a lot of power. So I, I do like how he has kind of an unpredictable stand-up game as well. But, you know, Bobby had him hurt in this fight in a couple times. He probably should have went for the knockout. But, you know, it's, it's easier to say that from the sidelines than actually be in there in that situation. Uh, Bobby lands a beautiful one-two, and Bonner walks into a powerful left and right hook, followed by a left hook that misses, and Bonner follows up with a left and a right that partially misses. So it's it's kind of like nerve-wracking to watch because, in my opinion, you know, Bobby Southworth has that super knockout power. I don't really see Bonner having that type of knockout power. So every time he's getting, like, super aggressive with Bobby and throwing these punches, I just think that Bobby might knock him out. But if it goes to decision, I mean, Bonner's definitely going to win because he's, he's definitely pressing the action. He's pushing him against the fence. He's, you know, right, right in his face every five seconds. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Bonner now has his, his back pushed. He has him pushed against the cage. Bonner takes him down, and I believe this will secure the win for uh, Bonner. You know, he takes him down again, so I think that's going to secure the win for him. Uh, Bobby manages to get up as Bonner lands a few punches from open half guard. Uh, now that Bobby is driving Bonner into the fence, and now Bobby has Bonner in side mount. Uh, Bonner manages to get to his feet and lands a few punches and a few punches after the bell rings. 
this was an extremely close uh, second round and the first round was close as well so this was this was a very close fight i believe that this fight deserves to go to a third round uh randy tells him to be ready to go for a third round and chuck tells bobby to give everything he has with that left hook uh chuck tells him to follow up with a straight right hand down the middle uh they give the fight to stefan bonner by split decision so it was, it was kind of kind of upsetting because the fight really could have went either way. I think Stefan Bonner definitely won the first round. Um, I, I could see Bobby Southworth definitely winning the second round because he landed some really powerful punches and he took him down. But then also Stefan took him down. So it, it really could have went either way. And I think Stefan definitely won the first round. So it's a little controversial, but, you know, it's also not because Stefan indefinitely won the first round and Bobby could have won the second round, if that makes sense. Um, but it still was a close fight. It, it should have went to a third round. It was a really good fight to watch. It was really fun. It was really exciting. So a lot of action. Um, you know, it, it, just, it just shows that, you know, you can't put the, the fight in the hands of the judges. That's what uh, Dana White always tells the fighters on the show. And on top of that, the referee was standing them up when there's a lot of action, you know, so you can't put the hands in, in the, you can't put the fight in the hands of the referee or the judges. You have to win the fight all the way. Uh, Forrest Griffin is openly pissed and questions the call. Uh, Randy says he believes the fight was going to go a third round. Uh, Stefan won the fight because he constantly put the pressure on Bobby, constantly had him pushed up against the fence, and he landed more takedowns. Bobby should have went for more takedowns. Yeah, that, that, that was the thing that, that really, um, I think, cost him the fight. Is he didn't go for more takedowns. I think he was scared of his jiu-jitsu, but I think he was a big, muscular guy. I think he could have fended off some of the takedowns. I think he could have landed some really powerful shots from ground and pound. And maybe even TKO'd him, to be honest with you. Like, he was scared to take him down. He was scared of the submissions. Uh, but he also did a great job on, on in the striking as well. And he should have not went for the triangle choke. Instead, he should have ha tried to hold Bonner down. So, yeah, uh, Bonner, I mean, Bobby Southworth went for a triangle choke a couple times. And I feel like he shouldn't have did that. He should have he just, just held Bonner down on the ground and, uh, you know, tried to land more punches. That that was my big criticism of, of Bobby Southworth is when he had him on the ground, he didn't keep him on the ground. You know what I mean? He should have kept him down, used his muscular size advantage, and grounded and pounded him. Like, I mean, Bobby is, is just, like, a little bit physically bigger than Bonner. I mean, Bonner is probably a little bit taller than him. It probably has a longer reach, but, like, Bobby Southworth is really muscular, so he should have used that, that muscular, you know, size advantage to really hold him down on the ground. Uh, Bobby needed to hold Bonner on the ground and attempt more takedowns. It is very hard for me to believe Stefan is a Golden Glove boxer because he missed so many punches, and Bobby's jab was better than his. So yeah, Bobby has a really nice jab. Bobby has some really nice stand-up, and it's hard for me to believe that Bonner is, is a Golden Glove boxer after watching this fight. I mean, yeah, I mean he he applied pressure like a Golden Glove boxer would. He was right in his face. He definitely has the cardio of a Golden Glove boxer, but he missed so many freaking punches. It, it was really cringy to watch. I mean, could you imagine a guy? Just being right in your face 24-7, throwing punches in your face 24-7, and only landing like one out of like five of those shots is just it's very cringy to watch. Bobby has uh, extremely powerful punches that landed, but Bonner has a chin. Uh, Bonner put enormous pressure on Bobby and kept moving forward. This allowed Bobby to be able to work his stand-up as well. Uh, fair call by the judges. The takedowns is what sealed the deal in my opinion. and can absolutely see why someone would think differently. Uh, Chuck feels that he was robbed and says that Bobby landed more significant strikes, which is absolutely true. Uh, Bobby also reversed Stefan's takedowns twice, so I, I definitely understand the frustration. It could go either way. I definitely should have went for a third round. Uh, Dana and Chuck both say that Bobby did more damage on the ground 
uh, which is absolutely true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can really see how people thought that Bobby Southworth won. It's not crazy to think he won. He, I, there's a good chance he won this fight, too. So it was, it was kind of sad to see. Dana White also agrees that the fight should have went to a third round. Of course, Bonner agrees with the judges call and of course Bobby disagrees uh, Bobby says he did more damage on the ground than Stefan which is definitely true uh, Bobby is very upset after the fight and rightfully so Bobby complains to Dana and Dana tells him you can never leave it in the hands of the judges uh, you know Bobby also says he landed more strikes which is also true this is a terrible way for Bobby to be cut from the show definitely should have won a third round so that's the end of you know the ultimate fighter Episode 7 of Season 1, Team Couture versus Team Liddell. I definitely feel that was kind of a sad ending for Bobby Southworth. Um, you know, it, it's going to probably create even more tension between the teams now because a lot of people are going to feel like, you know, Bobby won that fight. So, you know, it's just, it's just kind of the way the game goes.